let's turn in our Bibles to Exodus. Um, let's turn to our Bible to Exodus chapter number four. We'll be in the book of Exodus chapter number four. Okay. Um, and we're going to read um, verse 10, 11, and 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, O my Lord, I am not, not, I am not eloquent, neither, neither here to fore, nor since thou hast spoken unto me, um, unto thy servant, but I am slow of speech and of slow tongue. And the Lord said unto him, who has made the man's mouth or who has, who has maketh the dumb or the deaf or the seeing or the blind? Have not I the Lord? Now therefore go, and I will be with thy mouth, and teach thee what thou shalt say. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you, Lord, um, for the opportunity you have given me to, to serve you, Lord. Um, I don't take it lightly. Um, you know, sometimes you you um, have blessed us and gave us, um, you know, the abundance of, of gifts. And um, sometimes it seems like we've taken in vain. Thank you for allowing me to be here um, in this church, in this place that I call home, um, that I love so much. And um, please be with us tonight. Um, give me holy power truth. We love you. Amen. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I could never get used to that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, it's still so weird from this from this side. Um, no, um, so... I want to talk to you guys about just a thought, um, a thought, a running thought that I had um, back when um, in the missions conference, something that Brother Nelm said that kind of, um, kind of um, dug in my heart a little bit. Um, you know, he, he, was, he was here and he was preaching, and it was kind of one of those side thoughts that Brother Nelms, you know, comes up with sometimes, but then he just glances right over because he says he doesn't remember some of the stuff. But um, it was one of those side thoughts. But um, he, said, he said this statement where he says, God sees what he is going to make you while we see what we make ourselves. And, and the thought kind of dug into me sometimes, and, you know, you guys would know that I'm one of the ones that always said that public speaking is not my thing. I don't do it. Not my thing. But God had a different plan for me, and I did not know that. So, um, but, but, you know, it's, 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 again, one of those things that, you know, you think about, you, you think about times, it's stuck, it's stuck in my heart that, that, you know, um, Pastor was, we, we, we were taking our um, orientation class, and Pastor had made a reference about um, how, you know, we see, we see um, our physical self, but then God sees our heart. God sees our spiritual self. Um, but what it says is, is like, what are the biggest obstacles that we, me, um, have is that um, we, we see our physical self, and that is a determination of the bar that we want to set in our lives. Um, that is a determination of what we want to do for Christ is what we see in the mirror. And, and you know, um, um, in 1 Samuel um, 16, 7, you know, it says that um, a man um, looketh an outward man, an outward appearance, and it's specifically talking about the look. Um, but, um, and then God looketh in the heart. But, you know, um, hear me in this. You know, we see ourselves in the mirror. We set that bar. Um, and, but that's what Moses did in, in this passage, um, in, 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 in this account. You know, 
only saw what he saw in the mirror, what he experienced as his life. But then God saw so much more for Moses. Um, you know, and, you know, there's, there's the aspect of setting our bar as low as possible because we see only our physical self. But there's also a flip side to that. And a lot of examples are with the Pharisees, but um, we see that in the mirror. We don't like what we see in the mirror, and we overcorrect. We puff ourselves up. We, 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 we want to play that we are these perfect specimens of, of Christianity. And, and I, I, I truly think that it's, it's, it's a reflection of what you see in a mirror when you go, when you go every day. And I want to talk to you guys a little bit about, you know, we, you know, we, we, we always fixate on what we can accomplish, what we do, our abilities, our sacrifice, ours, 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 and we overinflate to hide that person that we have in the mirror. Um, you know, in, 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 in the second, second part of Second Samuel, which we read, you know, God sees the heart. God sees, God, God sees us, um, us directly, sorry. Um, but we truly need to ask ourselves as far as us living, living this Christian life that we live in is, um, is our life based off of what we see as men or is our life based of what Christ sees in us? And, um, and, um, being in the will of God, it's one of those things that it's sometimes really hard to see the other side. And I think that's why um, in, uh, in Proverbs, um, the Bible talks about and always acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. Um, because, you know, being in the will of God, it's going to be a tough thing to, to be in. But, and sometimes we can't see it, but sometimes it does come with a lot of, a lot of blessings and, 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 and and, and things, but there, there's still that sight that, you know, we just can't see the whole picture sometimes. And that in itself scares us to make decisions and, and things in our Christian lives that we, we really shouldn't be making or not, should not be making or doing. Um, and um, a lot of times, you know, we, we strictly just kind of get into God's business um, instead of, instead of um, us just letting God do what he wants to do. Um, you know, one of the, one of the things the pastor taught about when I first started coming here with his church is, um, it's, you know, he was talking about, you know, God molding your life and, and, and some of the difficulties that you may experience in your life just with some of the molding that God did. Um, and he's just, he's just, he, he was explaining in those, in, in those sermons where he says, sometimes it's, you know, it's a easy, it's a easy, oh, let's just shave this little, little part off and we'll, you know, we'll fix the rest. And that's easy. Those are easy. But they're stubborn stuff. The, the the things that take some work to shave down in your lives, that's that's when things get a little bit difficult. But it's part of the process that God has for us. It's part of what God wants us to experience and do, um, to mold us into what He wants us to do. But then we 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 hit the stumbling block where we run into the person in the mirror, and we allow that person to then dictate what you want to be, and change what you want to do. Um, and um, I want to give you guys a couple points here, um, and um, it, it's not going to be a long sermon just because you guys know me, but I just want to give you guys a couple points here, um, and I'm going to try my best to, um, to try to explain to you, you know, you know God, God has for us 
Um, God has for us a plan. Amen. There's there's a destination that all of us need to get um, get to, and you know it, it it is wise of us to get out of His way. It is wise of us, and 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 the and the and the point number one that I want to say it is God's desire is to make us to what He wants us to be, not what we see ourselves being. Um, how many Christians are out in the world right now actively out of the will of God? They got saved, they got baptized, they got to work, and then they hit that hit that wall where they realized, wait a minute, this is hard. I think I'm going to do my own thing. And that's, that's what Moses was doing here. He's like, wait a minute, time out. I don't think this is my thing. <laughs> I think you got the wrong guy. Um, but, you know, God said, hey, you know, dummy, I made the dumb. So, you know, let's see. And, 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 you know, I kind of feel like Moses sometimes when it comes to this, these situations. But um, the point the point is that it's, you know, you know, the Lord has so much so much for you. It's just a matter of, of trying. Um, pastor talks about um, one of the, the um, preachers um, back in the day when he was um, um, in, in the other church where he said that you have to always try something once because you never know if that's what God has for you. And, and the trying, let's search that out. And what the point is, it's, it's, we got to stop putting more and more things in our lives to stop us what our ultimate Amen. purpose is for, for what God wants from us. Um, and, you know, the excuses comes, the, you know, the, the things come. I'm too busy to do that. Oh, I can't miss that. Or, or church, church seems to always become more less important the more and more things that you put in your life. And we need to stop doing it because God has a plan. He has a, a, a path, a future for us to, to be in. But how do we know what that is when we keep closing our eyes and, and doing things on our own? When, when he says, hey, I will direct your path. You know, it just acknowledge me. I'm here. I will direct your path. Um, but I want to give you um, point number two, which says is, is it, not only is that, but you also got to give God the glory. Um, because God deserves being glorified. Um, you know, a lot of times, you know, we tend to take credit for achievements that are not really our achievements. Um, you know, um, you know, blessings in the bus route or blessings in your ministry or things that you're doing. You're taking, you're taking glory and achievements of Christ that are not, that have nothing to do with you. You have made been the vessel, but it's not your glories to take, you know, and, and God, God needs that recognition. Um, we need to humble ourselves and realize that the success that we have and, and, and the things that we have and the, the power and the, and the money and everything that we have personally, it's only because God, God allowed it. And, and it's, it's not God allowing it. It's the gift that God gave us to do it. But there's also, there's a responsibility that comes with that allowance. And a lot of times, you know what I mean, we, 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 we tend to, to, you know, boost ourselves up, but then realize that you are, you are setting yourself up for a potential crash because if you keep getting out of the will of God based off the blessings that you've got, that you get from him, there's going to come a line where those blessings are going to stop coming. And then, then what you, what people will end up doing, instead of glorifying God for the blessings that he gave them, they turn around and want to blame God for everything that's going on in their lives. But we need to start continuing to realize that God is the reason that we are as successful as we are. God is the reason that we have the talents that we do. Um, because without that, 
we would be nowhere. And, you know, I, people, you know, a lot of times says, you know, you know, how fast you've, you've, you've changed. And it's not really how fast I've changed, it's how fast Christ changed, because if it wasn't for him, I don't know where, <laughs> where I'd be right now. Five-year plans, I had no five-year plans at that time. You know, I had, I had um, the idea of I was never coming to church. That was my mindset beforehand. That was my mindset before pastor knocked on my door. I will never go to church. But then pastor came and knocked on my door, and I opened, which is shocking. I don't know why I opened, because I never opened the door for anybody, but I did. But it just comes to show that God has a plan. Yeah. And, and, and the, the, the sooner you yield for it, the better that things will go in your life. Um, but then um, on, on point number three, I want to say that we, we got to acknowledge that God has a, God's, we got to acknowledge God's role um, and, and what God does in our life. But we have to realize that God, yes, he has a role. He has a reason for our success. But without, without God, without God, um, without us being able to be that vessel that God needs to be able to do the things that we do, there would be no work. I mean, I'm, I'm assuming God would use somebody else, but again, the success is only because you allowed yourself to be a vessel to be used. And a lot of times, not only do you, you, you have the faithful action of doing, but that faithful action also um, comes with sacrifice. And, you know, pastor has said it time, time again, and we, we, you know, I cringe at the, at the thought all the time because, you know, who wants to go through, through, through trials, who wants to do, who wants to do all these things, but, you know, without, without, without sacrifice, there, there is no walk, um, and it, and it takes true sacrifice for, for that to happen, and, and, and if we, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, we constantly pray, and we pray, and we pray, hey, I want this to happen, hey, I want, I want revival, hey, I want all this other stuff, but then what would be the cost? You know, I was listening to a sermon a while back um, um, from Brother Wally Davis, and he had had a story in, 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 in that where he talked about a preacher friend of his um, that they were at a conference in Toronto, and, and, and there was a preacher there. The preacher was telling the story about this, um, and he was telling a story about something he said that shook him. You know, he's been, he's been in, the, in, in, um, in Christianity for a long time. He's been doing it. He's been preaching for a long time, but um, he was telling the story of something that truly shook him, and when when he was talking when he was talking the the, the pastor was telling brother Wally um, he was telling him you know that that you know he he was invited to go preach by by a friend of his a friend of you know like one of his best friends you know somebody that was his best man at his wedding and he was the best man at their wedding and, and the guy called him up and said hey um, um, I want you to pray about this I, I I want revival in my church I want you to come preach a revival but if you're not the guy to preach it I do not want you to come to this church but I want you to pray about coming. And, um, and, but I, I want you to be sure that you are the one, that God tells you that you are the one. We've been praying and fasting here at this church, and I want you to pray and fast that you are the one that you need to, bring, you need to come for revival. And the, the guy said that he was, he was kind of staying back, you know. I don't, I, he's, like, he's like, you know, in, in my times of, of, of going to conferences, you know, I always just go by my schedule. I check my schedule. I'll go. I never really thought about praying and fasting, which is some of the times, you know, a lot of times we get a lot of, very busy in what we do, but then we don't realize they include God in there. Um, that's just a side note. But, you know, he was talking about um, on that schedule, but then he, he, he did. He prayed and he fasted, and he believed that God wanted him to go to this conference, so he went. And he said that when he went to this conference, he arrived to this conference, arrived in the airport. He came, he flew in. Um, the pastor friend of his came, picked him up at the airport. They went to their hotel, and um, he, he picked him up, went 
to a hotel, took them up to the room, um, and then they, they, they had a time of prayer, and they were praying in the room. You know, pa- that pastor was praying. He was praying. They were both praying in the room, um, and, you know, they both got up. They were weeping. They were crying, um, and, you know, you know they, that pastor truly wanted revival in his city and in his church, and he, he, they went up to the room, and they prayed, and then he, the, the pastor got up and said, hey, I'll pick you back up in the morning, and he left. Um, but then um, the following morning before Sunday, it was um, the revival time. He came to pick him up at the airport or uh, pick him up at the hotel again. And, um, you know, he they usually stop for breakfast and usually do all this other stuff. But he's you know, he just decided, hey, we're just going to go get coffee. And we're going to go straight to church um, because his pastor was eager um, for him to go. He eager to what, what God was doing his, at that time in his church. Um, so so he brought him in there. And usually, you know, like typical Baptists, we, we tend to be, you know, come five minutes right before time. Um, but the, the, the pastor, they said, that, you know, they, that's what their that's what their mindset was when they were driving over over to the church. And so, but they got to the church. They got to the church, and they, the parking lot was full. Um, the church was full, and they said they walked in. They walked straight into the office, started praying, and they, you know, they were playing. They were, they were praying and saying, "God, I see that you are going to do something with us. Please use us. Let us be um, fill us with your Holy Spirit. There's something that you are doing with us. Please be with us." And they came out, and they, and they said that the auditorium was full. All the seats were full. Everything was full to the point that there was people standing up in the back row and in, in the choir loft. It was packed, jam-packed revival meeting. And going going in through that revival meeting, you know, there's time waiting. It's coming. It's coming time for um, the music to start. Pray to start. There's no pianist there. There's no organist there. And that pastor from that church was, you know, leaned over to. To, the, to the, the, the preacher friend, and he said, you know, he's like, he's like, I don't know what's going on, you know, you know, such a big day, such a, you know, such a, such a time, and we had no musicians, and he, he, he leaned over again, and then time was passing, and things were happening, and, and yet still no musicians, and he leaned over again, he's like, I can't believe it, the conference, out of all times, you decided that you're going to be late at this time, kind of reminds me of something, right? but, um, but, you know, he decided, hey, you will be late at this time, at this conference, and he was saying, and he was saying that, um, but then um, a little bit, a little bit while longer, there was two gentlemen that walked in the back door, and he he saw them. He caught their attention because he was. They were they they walked in. Um, they were very similarly dressed. They walked in, hats off, um, and you know for respect, um, for the house of God. But they walked in with the hats off, and then they started um, asking people questions, and, they, and that's what caught their attention. All oh, these gentlemen, oh, these gentlemen, they're at back there, and they're asking people questions, and they're. And they're dressed. They're dressed similarly with hats off, and and um, then they saw that everybody started pointing up to the platform. So then the two gentlemen walked up and asked that the um, the preacher friend, "Hey, are you the pastor?" He's like, "No, it's 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 this gentleman right here. He's the pastor of the church." Um, and um, the the pastor said, "You know, you you could see the time and the season of these guys that they are they're experienced they're experienced men. They're 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 not they're not young men. They're, they're experienced men." Um, but they're experienced men of the Ohio State Patrol. And when he walked in, um, they walked in uh, to tell the pastor, you know, they walked in as respect. And even one of the one of the 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 the, 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 the patrolmen that was gonna that was gonna tell the talk to the pastor um, started to talk and started to weep a little bit. And he and he said he said, Reverend, I'm sorry to tell you, but your wife and your daughter just perished um, just a few blocks from here. At, at, few blocks from the church and um the friend said that he's never heard a man scream scream and cry out so um so loud like he did that time with that man 
was sitting there, and the man was crying, kneeled down there, he was praying with him, you know, and, and because he, he knew the daughter personally. Remember, they're, they're, they're best friends. They're best friends. They had the time. He knew the daughter personally. So they, st- they, they, they were on that platform. They were, they were kneeled down. They were praying, trying to, you know, pray and console, console this man. And the pastor at one moment said, said hey, um, why, don't we, why don't we cancel that? These people understand what's going on. Why don't we just um, send everybody home, you know what I mean? Um, and let's, let's just cancel this. People, people they're going to understand what's going on. And the pastor, the pastor friend, he says, I, you better not dare. He said that when he was at, um, pick um, the pastor up from the hotel, they took him to the room, they prayed, and he got home. He got home late that night because they spent that time at the hotel. He got home late that night, walked in um, to walked in to the house, and in the living room there was his, his wife and his daughter kneeled down praying in the living room. They didn't know that he was there, but he walked in at the same time that they were praying. And um, his daughter... Um, his daughter was praying, and you could tell that she she wanted revival so much, so much so that she was weeping and crying, and um, and praying that Lord, whatever you could do, we need revival in our church, and we need revival in our city. And she said that if I lay down my life for there to be revival, I will be okay with that. I'll lay it down. And that right there is a sacrifice that. Of us are not willing to pay. What would it, you know, it's it's crazy because we could pray about things so much. Hey, I I want to win this person. Hey, this family member, I want to win them so bad. Lord, 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 give me the opportunity to be able to witness to this person. Give me the opportunity to be able to talk to this person. Give me the opportunity to be able to win this person. But what we don't realize is that. There may be a sacrifice there. Are you truly open as much as, you know, you would say that, hey, yes, 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 Lord, I I will give whatever it takes for me to be able to win this person in Christ. Sometimes it may be something drastic because, you know, like Pastor says all the time, it takes rock bottom for a person to be able to open their hearts for the gospel sometimes. And most of you guys recently know of a cousin of mine that perished uh, in a car accident, actually. Um, happened over here off of 104, it's him and his wife. And, you know, it's a cousin of mine that I grew up with. Our families are close. Um, you know, we, we, we've went astray a little bit from um, once we all grown up, we, you know, we have, you know, our lives and we kind of went astray. So it wasn't, wasn't a communication, but it was still a dear cousin of mine. Um, you know, we've talked occasionally, we have, have those conversations, um, you know, and my sister is one of those people that I constantly pray for all the time. Lord, give me the opportunity to be able to witness to my sister in Christ this year. Give me the opportunity. I truly believe that in my family, if I could win my sister, it would be the ripple effect that my, my entire family needs in order to come to Christ. And I'm assuming that the devil knows that as well because the devil has her tied up. And it, it, it got to the point that my cousin died, his family died. He left, you know, left behind three kids. And, you know, his family's crushed. You know, his, his mom absolutely destroyed. It's not, it's not something that she expected whatsoever, but, you know, who does? Um, but, you know, left behind three kids. But if I had that opportunity 
to be able to witness to my to my sister. My, I, I was able to to talk to my sister, explain the gospel to the point that she understood everything. Um, but you know, once you live out in the world so much, sometimes it's you know it's not all the time. I know God could work in our hearts, but sometimes it's really difficult because there's there's so much unworthiness that the world causes in your life. That when you spend all that time in the world doing everything in the world, and you it, then then it it takes so much, and you feel so unworthy that it almost feels like it's unreach it's an unreachable task. And that is what my sister is currently dealing with right now. You know, I, you know, and, and, and it's funny because pa- pastor talks about this all the time where he says, you know, you need to be careful about your testimony. You need to be careful about what you do around your family members or who you are. Um, there's a reason why God put you in the place that you're putting you and one you specifically out of that for you to be that testimony. But then a lot of times we get so caught up in ourselves or we want to play, we want to play Christian, but not actually be Christian to the point that you could see they see the same man that you see in the mirror. Just like God sees your heart, and he truly knows where your heart it really is. But my sister, you know, made a, made a point when she said, when I talked to her, um, I, I, I said, you know, sister, you know, I mean, this is, you know, this is it. You know, my, I, I, I truly believe, and it's one of the prayers that I do so much is to win my sister. Because I, I think that she would for sure be the caveat to bring, bring not revival into my family, of course, um, which is what I, what what I need. But, um, but you know, she said, you know, well, Pastor says all about your testimony. She told me, you know, you know, and this is a person that every time I brought up, she told me, leave me alone. She goes about her way. This is a person that every time I, I even hinted at the fact she had nothing to want, nothing to do with me. Did not, um, you know, my sister still loved me. She would never, she would never. Um, just cut me off completely, but um, she would not let, she would not allow me um, to ever speak to her about things like that. She would just walk away or ignore me or not want to have a conversation. Um, but, but, but the one thing that she told me that kind of got to my heart, and it's one of the, 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 the truest things that Pastor always talks about that we need to guard with, is she says, you know, I, I've seen you, I hear you, I've heard you, I, I, I've heard you. Things that you say, I've heard you, what you talk about in church. I've heard, I could see what 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 God in your church has done in your life. Um, I see that, and that decision, that decision. She said, "Hey, I, I, I see that," and I was able to witness to her. Man, I, I gave the gospel, I explained everything to her. She understood every single bit of it. But then that unworthiness, which is the same thing that we suffer with all the time. We suffered with unworthiness when, you know, that's kind of what Moses was doing in, in, in Exodus. He was telling the Lord, hey, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not that guy. I don't think I'm that guy. But he forgot to think about that sometimes that guy is what God's looking for. Because sometimes that guy is what he needs for that job. You know, we may not see that. God sees it. God sees that the potential that you have in your future. He sees what 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 your path is, and he sees you know the fakeness that you want to put out. But he also sees the people that are actually being true to what their Christianity really is. And sometimes the hardest part of Christianity is just.
it's going to take sacrifice. It's going to take sacrifice that we need to be willing and paying. And, you know, one thing the pastor said is, you know, where there's no suffering, there's no fellowship. And he also said another statement, where there's no sacrifice, there's no walk with Christ. It takes true sacrifice and true suffering for there to be true fellowship. And without that, we're just playing, we're just playing a game that God sees very far away. You may want to cover it up as much as you can. You may play the Christian. You may fool everybody here. But God sees you just as you are. And he sees what it is that you have in your heart. But it's time for us to stop playing Christians and start truly being Christian. Because if we want this church, Anchor Baptist Church, our church, our city, to be where it needs to be, it's going to take a lot of Christians being Christians, not just playing Christians. Let's pray. Father, I want to thank you, Lord. Um,